Well, a story came out of Tacoma, Washington some years ago. <clears throat> and it was about a basset hound named Tattoo. And it seems that Tattoo probably had not planned to go on an evening run. But Tattoo's owner inadvertently uh, shut Tattoo's leash in the car door with the leash still attached to Little Tattoo. Not sure exactly how that happened, but uh, a, a motorcycle cop in Tacoma, Washington witnessed it and saw that the dog was doing a great job keeping up for at about 20-25 miles per hour. And uh, those little legs, as you could imagine, just going as fast as they could. And some of you have this mortified look on your face. I promise you, tattoo was not hurt, y'all. Okay? Uh, let's, just, let's just clear the air right there. Tattoo survived the event, I promise you. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't be using it as the intro to a sermon. That would be a sad, sad sermon. And I think I would just lose y'all right off the bat. So, that said... Uh, the motorcycle cop saw that the little dog was struggling to keep up but doing a great job. Then once they got above 25 miles per hour, well, then the, the, the tattoo took a few tumbles. Uh, but the motorcycle cop did, uh, did what he could to get the, the uh, owner of tattoo pulled over as quickly as possible and explain to them what was going on. And so... Uh, you know, uh, a little love and a few dog treats later, and I'm sure Tattoo was just a model of forgiveness as our pets, uh, dogs especially, generally are. And so I say that to say, do you ever feel like Tattoo? Like you're going just as hard as you can. You're picking them up, you're putting them down, you're doing everything you can to try to keep up, but then you just feel like, you know, it's a struggle just to keep up sometimes. You see, we, church, were made to rest. We see rest mentioned early on in our Bible. From some of the earliest pages of Holy Scripture in Genesis chapter 2, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work He had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now if you read the creation account in detail, after every day it says, and there was morning and there was evening. And then we're told which day that that was. And then we're told that God said, it is good. And so morning and evening, the first day, and God said it was good. Morning and evening, the second day, and God said it is good. Now we get to the seventh day, and we're not told of, there's no mention here of morning and evening. The emphasis, the focus on the seventh day was that God simply rested from the labor of the previous six days. And that makes sense to us, right? You've worked hard for six days. You're going to rest. God had worked hard. He created the earth. 
And then it was time for God to take a break. God needed a nap. Well, no. That doesn't make sense at all, does it? No. We look at what we're told in Isaiah chapter 40. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. There's a song that uh, Chris Tomlin came out with some years ago. And it says, strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. And it's, it's taken right from the words of Holy Scripture. And it, it says, you know, uh, that God, you are the everlasting God. You will not faint. You won't grow weary. And what comfort we can take that God doesn't need to rest. But yet God rested. Why does a God who doesn't get tired or weary, who doesn't grow weak, why does he rest? Because he's setting an example for us, church. He made us to rest. When we look further, we see in Exodus the fourth commandment is to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy and God had very particular rules about the Sabbath what could be done and what should not be done if we look further forward into the Exodus narrative we see that when the Israelites were spending that time in the desert before they got to Sinai to worship God, that they needed food. And they cried out to God and said, you know, we need food. They really did more than that. They grumbled. They complained. And they weren't really reasonable about it. They said things like, boy, back in Egypt... We had fish to eat, and we had fruits and vegetables, and we had all, we had plenty of food. And I know God had to hear that and think, oh my goodness, how quickly they forget. Because they didn't mention the slave drivers. They didn't mention bricks without straw and all that kind of stuff. They were just thinking about, hey, we're hungry and we used to have food. And so what did God do, church? He provided manna in the morning and quail in the evening. But there were restrictions for gathering that manna, wasn't there? They were specifically told, just go out in the morning and gather what you need for you and your family. Don't gather extra because it's going to be there every day. And we're told in Exodus that there were some that weren't sure that it was going to be there the next day. So what they do? They gathered extra. And then God made sure that it spoiled before the next morning. Because God was teaching them, hey, I'm not like you. Uh, I don't have good intentions and then fail to deliver on them. 
that when I say it's going to be out there every day, it's going to be out there every day. God was teaching the Israelites to trust him. But then there was the stipulation that on the Sabbath day, you would not go out and gather manna or quail, that on the day prior to the Sabbath, you would go out and gather a double portion. And so God was very serious about this Sabbath rest. He wanted the Israelites to come to respect this day, to keep it holy, and that there is a day that is set aside, and you don't go out and you don't work on that day. You take time to rest. And so we look at Hebrews chapter 4. And in Hebrews chapter 4, beginning with verse 9, the Hebrews writer reminds uh, this Jewish, this group of Jewish Christians about the Sabbath. Verse 9, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Now, their example of disobedience refers to Numbers chapter 15. Because in the wilderness camp, there was someone who just blatantly ignored the Sabbath. And that person had to be dealt with. That person had to be punished. They went out and gathered firewood on the Sabbath. And God is showing, you know, when I say that there needs to be a time of rest, I mean it. And so God has made us, church, to rest. We think about the rhythm of a day. 24 hours in a day. Now, ideally, how much time should we be sleeping? Well, we all know that it's about 8 hours. Matter of fact, about 15 or so years ago, a study came out. They had followed thousands of people over a number of years, and what they found is that People who got between seven and eight hours of sleep on a regular basis lived the longest. And so there's kind of a sweet spot there. The people that got more than eight hours of sleep on a regular basis did not live as long as the people that got between seven and eight. And of course the people that cheated themselves and and were accustomed to getting five and a half, six, six and a half hours of sleep well, those people uh, didn't live as long either. Now, some of you may say, wow, I can go four or five hours, I'm good to go. Now, I don't know about you, I can't. I can't. Uh, I got about five and a half hours sleep last night, and that's not enough. And so, uh, it is a priority for me on Sunday afternoons that I will get back in that bed at some point and set my alarm for 5 p.m. and then I'll, I'll be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed for singing night tonight. But I'm going to make sure that I get a nap this afternoon. But, you know, there are times when I would not set my alarm and used to, I could just naturally get between seven, seven and a half hours of sleep. 
I wish that were still the case. I don't sleep as well as I used to. But you don't need to know that. But the reality is, church, think about the number of hours in a day and the number of hours that God designed us to rest. There is a rhythm to the day and almost a third of that day is us at rest. That's significant. And then we think about the week. Sunday through Saturday, there is a rhythm to the week. And if you're somebody who is going hard and working seven days a week, I assure you, you're doing yourself and your family a disservice if you don't take time to rest. That there is a rhythm to the week. And God shows us that back in the creation account when he works for six days and then takes time to rest. Imagine a car that you never refill the gas tank. What's going to happen? At some point, you know, the engine's going to quit working on you and you're going to have to pull over, right? Uh, you're you're going to be stuck. You know, you've got to refuel. Imagine an automobile using that same example that never gets any kind of maintenance. All right, it never gets the oil change. It never gets uh, the new spark plugs when it's due for a tune-up. Uh, never gets those new spark plug wires, etc. All the things you do when you take care of an engine. And what's going to happen? Now, you can keep refilling the tank, but if you never change the oil, and if you never tune up that vehicle, if you never maintain it properly, then doesn't matter how much gas it's got in the tank, at some point it's going to seize up on you. It's going to stop functioning. And so God, church, has made us to rest. We think about the rhythm of a year. I had someone say to me the other day that they hadn't had a vacation in three or four years. And I know I, Stacy and I haven't had one in probably a year and a half now. We're going to take one, uh, we plan to, later this year. But I know that when I take vacations, I realize how much I need a vacation. And your idea of a vacation may not be your toes in the sand and looking at the, the clear blue water. Uh, mine is now. Uh, but uh, you know, maybe for you, uh, your happy place is in the mountains. Uh, maybe your happy place is going somewhere and visiting family when you've got time to get away. Whatever it is for you, it, it looks different for different people. But the point is that there's a rhythm to the year. And if we don't take time out, if we don't take time to rest, if we don't take time to recharge our batteries, we are doing ourselves and the people we love a tremendous disservice. Because there is a rhythm to the day. There is a rhythm to the week. There is a rhythm to the year. Jesus has this to say about rest. In Mark chapter 6 verse 31, Jesus said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest for a while. Because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have time to eat. Now we know 
And Mark highlights it especially in his gospel that Jesus was known to go off to solitary places. He would often get up early in the morning. Mark tells us in Mark 1, while it's still dark. And we're even told uh, in Scripture uh, the phrase, as he was known to do, which reminds us that Jesus did this regularly. Jesus would take time each day to go and have quiet time. This isn't about just a daily time uh, for prayer and devotion. This is about actual physical rest here in in Mark chapter 6. That Jesus is concerned about his closest followers. We know that Jesus himself, while fully divine, he was yet fully human. And there were times when he needed to take a break. We think about uh, John chapter 4 when he encounters the Samaritan woman at the well. We know that he was, he was hungry, he was thirsty, and he was tired. He needed to take a load off when he got to that well. And so right here, uh, Jesus is concerned about his closest followers. And he says, come away, let's go to a deserted place, let's by yourselves, and let's rest for a while. Because there was so much activity. There were so many people wanting them that they didn't even have time to sit down and have a meal. And so imagine Jesus saying to you, come away, let's go to a deserted place and let's rest for a while. I'm reminded of Elijah in in 1 Kings when he gets to that point that he is so upset because of the threats made toward him by Jezebel and so he takes off on a on a journey and when he finally gets to the point that he just is so so tired he just collapses and then he wakes up and then essentially God provides him two things food and then more rest and then that repeats itself and he wakes up and he gets food and then he gets more rest we are not at our best when we are worn out when our tank is empty and so even Jesus teaching his closest followers you all were made to rest I'm not talking about obviously resting all the time. I'm talking about making sure you take proper intervals in your life for rest. Mark 2, 27 and 28. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Jesus is walking along and... Uh, his disciples are hungry and so they're picking grain and they're taking those heads of grain and they're rubbing them in their hands and they're popping those kernels of grain in their mouth because they just needed to sustain life at that moment we read this account also in Luke chapter 6 and so some Pharisees were out there 
And you might wonder, well, why are the Pharisees? Because they're out in a remote place. Why are the Pharisees, those city dwellers that they were, out there uh, uh, watching what the disciples are doing? And of course, it's because they were spying on them. You know, they were keeping an eye on them, hoping to trip Jesus up, hoping to catch him doing something wrong. And so Jesus is saying, hey, even on the Sabbath, you've got to eat something. But then he reminds them that the Sabbath uh, was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man because God knew the human creatures needed to take time to rest. And the last thing I want us to look at is Psalm 55 verses 6 through 8. I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, then I would fly away and be at rest. Behold, then I would wander far off. I would lodge in the wilderness. Salah is simply a breath mark because this was, these words were written to be sung. I would hurry to a shelter from the stormy wind and storm. Church family, we were made to rest. There is no shame in getting a good night's sleep. There is no shame in taking a day off during the week. I used to struggle with taking Friday off. And uh, it just never seemed to, I won't say never, it rarely seemed to work out as I had intended. And so several weeks ago I started taking Mondays off. And it goes so much better. I work at least some the other six days of the week. But having Monday off, it's turned out to be the perfect day for me to have the fewest number of, of events that come up, the fewest number of issues in my life. And so it has made a difference when I have a day set aside that I can truly rest. Church, Scripture is very clear about rest for humans. That we are people who should make sure we take time to rest so that we can be at our best. Some years ago, uh, was going through something when I lived in another place and and uh, there was just a lot of tension a lot of kind of a lot of turmoil in my professional life at the time and I remember badly needing to get away and so we took a few days and went down to my mom's house uh, in Winchester and uh, at the time she still had the house that dad built on Tim's Ford Lake and just me, Stacy, and Barrett, uh, just you know, swimming in the lake and taking some time to take the pontoon out and just enjoying a few days away. And I remember telling Stacy, you know, because because my body was was physically feeling the effects of the stress that I was going through at the time. And uh, I remember telling Stacy, you know, you have no idea how badly I needed this. And then I remember sometime later going with uh, uh, 
Barrett was on an academic team and they were competing at a national competition in Atlanta. And Stacy said, you know, Barrett probably won't even get any, you might say, playing time, okay? He's not going to be among those top four. And I said, that's okay. I said, you know, a weekend away uh, right now and with the three of us being together, even if he's not going to compete, it's, it's worth it. And there have been times in my life when such was that I needed to get away. And I have no doubt with an audience this side, this size, that some of you know that feeling. And it's because God made us to rest. And so I hope that you will find time in your lives, if you haven't already, to get enough sleep at night and observe the rhythm of the day. To find time each week to set aside for rest to be with your family, to make the work stop for a day, and that you will find time in your year to take rest. Whether that's a beach or a mountain or time doing something else that you enjoy, being with people that you love, that you will find that time to rest. If you're with us this morning, and you have not yet entered into the family of God. You have not yet put on Christ in baptism. We extend an invitation so that you can do that this very morning. The waters of baptism are available. If you're with us this morning and there's some need that you have uh, that you can bring before us and we can as a faithful body of brothers and sisters in Christ that we can pray with you about that concern then the invitation is for that reason also let's stand and sing